Star Trek books. They've been around for decades. Join us, the Trek ladies, Kavora and Jen, as we discuss the novels one at a time. Welcome to the Ladies Trek Library. Hello, and we are back with Ladies Trek Library. I'm Kavora, and I'm here with Jen. Hi, Jen. Hey, Kavora, and hey, listeners. Uh, good to be back. And so our book this time is Web of the Romulans by M.S. Murdoch. So I'll read the back of the book. Ravaged by a killer virus, the Romulans enter Canara, where the only antidote can be found. Desperate, they incite a victorious enterprise attack on one of their vessels, but Kirk discovers their ruse. Meanwhile, the central computer has fallen in love with him, severely crippling the Enterprise. Now Kirk must bring the antidote to the Romulans before the galaxy crashes over the brink of war. Okay, so I think that that kind of had some spoilers in there. Some of that stuff wasn't revealed like until the middle of the book, but... Yeah, I was just thinking that when I, when I, I don't ever read the jackets before I read the book, but I read them afterwards. And when I read the jacket for this, I was like, wow, they just, the back of it just completely spoils uh, part of that. Cause yeah, reading the book, you don't learn until a good bit of the way in, you know, that something's going on with the Romulans, but we don't know what it is. And we don't find out so much later that it's, you know, that there's a disease uh, that there's yes. um, and kind of if you know that going in it kind of ruins some of the suspense of the book <laughs> it it does yeah i mean i didn't read it i didn't read the jacket first either but okay so uh now i know we both like romulans and it's one of the reasons we wanted to read this book uh so what did you think of the the development of the romulan culture in this book i thought it was really good it is a very short book compared to, you know, some of the longer books about Romulans, like uh, all of the, you know, the uh, the famous uh, Diane Duane ones um, and some of the other ones. But I, I think for, for being as short as it is, it really gives you good insight into the Romulan culture and the characters, the, the main Romulan characters, uh, Stalin and his uh, centurion Starlea and then... Um, Tercellus, uh, they're all pretty well developed, um, and I thought those parts of the book were really good. I do like um, how, how the Romulans were developed in this. They actually spent a lot of time with, with the with the the scenes with the Romulans in this book. It was just amazing. It was like half the book was really an examination of the Romulans and what was going on on their side of the story, and um, it showed that they. You know, they have the Praetor who was treacherous and, in fact, well, just about all the Romulans are. But it, it was very interesting and a good a good extension of what we already knew of them. This book was published in 83 or 80. Yeah, 83. So, so all we knew about the Romulans at the time was the two episodes of the original series. So I think the writer on this did a very good job of of expanding on their characters and and their cultures and and saying more about the um the the klingons or how they were using the klingon ships and they they did have an alliance with the klingons but 
the Romulans were still pretty much independent, acting on their own. They still didn't trust the Klingons, uh, just like no one else trusts the Klingons. They were just using they were using the Klingon ships, but also still using their own ships too. So also, I want to talk about about the the characters in this book, and and I just wanted to say this. So we've got it. It seems like it seems to me the main the main characters really were not um, developed as well in this book as the um, as the new characters. And I know we've talked about that with some of our other books that we reviewed. And I'm kind of thinking it it must be the, these writers because and and you can tell from this book this writer was very familiar with Star Trek. You know how they like for Star Trek books, the writers are told that like the the characters kind of have to stay the same by the end of the book. There can't be any changes. You know, with Star Trek, they always want them to go back to to ground zero. So it must be because of that that uh, the writer felt like she she maybe she was afraid to to touch the um, the main characters like. Like don't have them, you know. You can't you can't have them change too much. So let so just only have them say what you know they would say, and have them say what's appropriate to the situation. It it just kind of seemed like that to me. And and she spent a lot of time with the um the the new characters that were that were just for this story, and there were a lot of them, and there was a lot of time spent on them. Uh, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we did have a lot of new characters. I mean, uh, you know, the Romulans, several Romulans. Um, and then, of course, we had uh, Admiral. Uh, maybe he wasn't an admiral. Maybe I'm remembering his title wrong. Iota um, from yes, Starfleet. And then also um, Captain um, Garson, who is another uh, captain. Um, and and I, I especially really like the character of Garson. Um he kind of reminded me of a, a, a bit of Captain Pike from Little We Saw Them. But yes, a lot of time is spent on them and not so much on, the, you know, the characters we already know. And maybe part of that is also that, you know, the author knows that readers know Spock and Kirk and McCoy and everyone else. Um, so she doesn't really feel like she needs to give them a big introduction because we already know. That could be. But it could be also what you said um, you know, ha- knowing that they have to stay the same by the end of the novel to fit in with how they want it to be. So, yeah, it it could be. It just seems like, yeah, it just seems like we didn't really learn anything new about them. Um, but but I do like how. So we have like the Praetor. He puts. You know, the Praetor is actually one of the main characters in the book. I thought it would be more about Stalin, and and there was about a lot about him, but the Praetor was someone who who didn't like Stalin, and well, really didn't like anybody. He was out for power himself, and and about how Stalin knew that he was being used as a patsy, and he was probably on a suicide mission, and he became um, someone who had to work with with Kirk, which happens in other stories too. Like like when we reviewed Final Frontier and the Romulan wound up working with the humans in that one. And it's sort of the same idea in this one. Stalin was a Romulan who was honorable and knew what he needed to do. He needed to, to work with Kirk and, and hopefully ha- not have a war and not have to go with war. And of course for the Romulans in this book, the stakes were pretty high. They had, they were saving themselves from, extinction uh, they had this 
virus that was going around and they were looking for the cure and the cure only happened to be on a federation planet so the romulans yeah go ahead oh no i was just going to agree with you um very much i felt reading this it reminded me of the situation in final frontier the same um the and i can't remember the romulan captain's name from that book i'm trying to look it up now um, but he reminded me very much of Stalin. This, uh, of course, Final Frontier came out after this book, so I wonder if uh, Diane Carey read this book and it influenced her in any way. But in the same way, he, the, you know, that captain was also sort of a patsy for the Praetor, but was still trying to do the honorable thing, even though he was stuck with a crew of, you know, people who were really only out to get glory and weren't very honorable. And, and Stalin's crew couldn't be told what what type of mission they were on either that was interesting it, you know it's like the whole romulan culture is is built on secrets which we've kind of we've seen more you know later on 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 tng and all the romulan shows after that that it's that it's they're sort of secretive and have everybody has their own agenda and and like in this book most of the people don't like each other and yeah and on um and as far as the Federation side, then you also have the the, the dishonest people. Um, Admiral Iota, as you mentioned, he he's one that was so gung ho against the Romulans, and he so he was more of um, like, like he was one of the antagonists of the book as well as the Romulans. You know, so so they have this person on the inside. I mean, what someone who's in Starfleet who basically had to be treated as the enemy for a long time and then you also had the the other admiral Papalia, who who knew that something was off about iota so he goes and and breaks into iota's home and goes through his things or looks at his desk and tries to find all whatever he can to see why Papalia or why iota was so um dead set on going against the romulans and what he found was all these romulan strategy plans that that was interesting too about how, just having someone in Starfleet go that far as to breaking into someone's office and and you know and he knew he wouldn't be able to to defend himself if anything if if anybody found out he did it if they court-martialed him I mean he would have to be found guilty because he knew he was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, you know he was. I guess you know so many books have to have like the TV shows have to have the bad moral and. I don't know that you know that the the, I mean, the plot with Admiral Oda was good, but I don't know how believable the character was. He, you know, he was so anti-Romulan that he was willing to, uh, you know, he ends up um, well, taking over the, you know, locking himself into uh, auxiliary control and taking control of the ship because he doesn't agree with uh, what the rest of the fleet is doing, and he's going to go after the Romulans, even though you know. Nobody else, everyone's trying to talk him out of it. And he was just so kind of crazy. Um, I don't know how believable that was, but yeah, I guess it worked. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, so he was one of the troublemakers in this. And, and, and the way um, his story was resolved in the end, like they just convinced him to, to stand down. It was something, was Kirk, Kirk or Spock said something to him and he went, oh, okay. And then just... <laughs> And then just um, relinquished control back, which and that kind of that seemed strange too. Oh, I know it was it was the fact that he found out that Stalin and Kirk were working together, 
And so he was just convinced that easily. Oh, so the Romulans can be worked with? Okay, well, I'll I'll let it go then. <laughs> yeah, she did that in another thing in that book, too, which is when, um, you know, a lot of the buildup in the book is all going to this um, planet where they grow this thing called Gran, which is used refined into making this cure for the Romulans. And the Romulans had already arrived at this planet, and there was you know, hostility going on between them and the people of the planet. And, you know, Kirk and uh, Stalin are heading there to try to break off hostilities. And that was mostly the plot of the book. And then it was like, oh, and then they get there and, oh, yep, they're, then the Romulans worked it out with them. Like, they were like, okay, Kirk and this other guy are, are working together. Okay. And they really didn't cover at all, like, how the solution was reached. It was just kind of like, oh, we got to the planet. Okay, everything's fine now. You know, the Romulans are going to work with us. And they didn't explain. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah. Well, so that was like another thing with that and the situation with Iota. They kind of like neatly resolved it very quickly. Like, it probably would have been a much longer novel, I guess, if they had, you know, if she had gone into more detail about that. But yeah, definitely. Um, and and the thing is, the book had some. It it seems like a short book, but it actually did have a lot going on in it. There was there was a lot of stuff in this book because it showed so much, all the different scenes with the Romulans, and it had scenes on on Kanara, the planet that had the Gran and everything. So, and yeah, but then you think they they still could have added more to it. So that is interesting. And and what did you think about the the computer being in love with Kirk. And that was, that was another whole storyline in this. Yeah, it was interesting. Cause I read, uh, there's actually a Wikipedia page for this book and not all the books. I don't think all of them have a Wikipedia page. I mean, they're all in memory alpha and memory beta, of course, but it talked about how, uh, the author had originally submitted part of this story, which was the part about the enterprise falling in love with Kirk to a fanzine. And then um, added the Romulan plotline, uh, you know, when she made it into a novel. Um, I really did not like that plotline that much. I just thought it kind of was very silly and it was very predictable. Like, they, you know, the Enterprise stops to get the computer worked on. And, of course, immediately when they pull out, they're experiencing problems and they report it to Starfleet. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to send you to uh, alone to the uh, neutral zone where the Romulans are. And they're like, but we have these computer problems. Oh, well, there's not going to be enough time to fix it. <laughs> like, you're going to have to go there with your computer not really working <laughs> by yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I knew that was going to happen. So, and, you know, and it just got kind of very silly with the computer being in love with Captain Kirk. But at the same time, I kind of could see that being an episode of the original story. Like, it, it seemed like it, it might fit. Yes. And so, yeah, I read that, too, that that was actually a fan fiction story. So, but, um, yeah, and so um, the writer, M.S. Murdoch, I think it's Melinda Murdoch. So she... um. So she, when she decided to write a Star Trek book, she added, well, she, you know, she had to add to her story to make it a full book size. But, but yeah, it does seem like she could have, she almost could have started from scratch instead of trying to develop a story around her story about the computer being in love with Kirk. But anyway, um, but but it did come from an episode, you know, tomorrow is yesterday, where the computer had that female personality, and it spoke with a with sort of a romantic voice and said, "Dear." It it wasn't really in love with Kirk in that episode, but but it did have that that 
female personality, and it was the same planet they mentioned, um, Signet 4, where they got the um, the computer so-called upgrade, where they added the female personality. That was, It was the same planet in the book that it was in that episode that they mentioned. Ah, good so, catch. I did not remember that. Yeah, I kind of well, I, well, I read about it because most people think that that this story takes place right after that episode, which I, I yeah, I guess it, I guess that was intended. It made sense, but the thing is, in the the original series, the Romulan episode, well, like Balance of Terror might have happened before that episode, but the one, the other one, the Enterprise incident, which is kind of referred to in this book, would have happened after Tomorrow's Yesterday, but that's okay. But um, yeah, and because and because the book actually had footnotes, which which was something I haven't seen in Star Trek books, where it would list the name of an episode if it referred to an episode, or it did in some cases. It actually referred to a lot more episodes that it didn't name in the footnotes. But I thought that that was something unique, putting in the footnotes. Um, but but getting back to the computer, so I'm sure that, but like Starfleet probably thought, well, if the computer's in love with Kirk, that's not. That's not something that's going to um, be a problem as far as function of the computer, even though that it did become a problem later on. But it's just that no one could tell that that that's going to happen and that and how badly they really needed to get that fixed. Well, I mean, see, I think it was clear when they talked to Starfleet because, you know, they were explaining how when they would ask it to do things, it, it wouldn't respond right away with the information. It would it was slow. You know, so that's okay, why. When, yes. I mean, it didn't go. It wasn't to the point where at the end of the of the book, you know, where it was completely, you know, uh, out of control. But uh, yeah, it was like as soon as I saw that, and then Starfleet was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's not going to be a problem." Like I know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to go to the neutral zone. <laughs> the computer yeah, is yeah. not going to work right, <laughs> and they're going to have all these problems. And it was fun. A lot of it was funny though, and it and it. And I was thinking, as I was reading it, I was thinking, well, this is just a good way to to add levity to a serious situation because it could have really all been a little too serious, and it, you might have seen it as melodramatic or something. So it, so it's, in some ways, it added to it, but then it it just got to be too much that it kind of took from the story because they, you know, the computer gradually took over, and eventually they were like in complete lockdown where they couldn't do anything. And, you know, they couldn't communicate with Starfleet anymore, and they couldn't move when the Romulan ship was right in front of them. They couldn't fire phasers or anything. So, yeah, it became a huge problem. So and, – and then and then they, they – you know, Kirk finally it convinced the computer to let them into um, auxiliary control where they could do something from there. It, it was funny that Kirk didn't try, you know, something else like he does with computers, like trying to illogic – the computer to death he, he didn't use that strategy here but i guess because you couldn't because the computer wasn't really logical in this case yeah I, I, but i do like the the references um the fact that um let's see when when scotty was trying to c- bring up something and and it came up with the gettysburg address basically addressing the fact that kirk has always admired abraham lincoln which we know from the show and and then other things like ordering something from the replicator and it comes up chicken because we know that Kirk ordered a chicken sandwich one time. I mean, so things like that that come up that how the computer knows what Kirk likes. And I like how the the author threw that in because it, it's re, it's referring to other episodes that we that 
you know, we know these things about Kirk. So I like how they were brought out in the book. Yeah, I mean, there it did have its funny moments, even though it wasn't my first, you know, part that I like loved about the book. But um, and there was there was one scene that was funny, which was when um, and I can't even remember which character it was was having a hard time with the computer. Uh, oh, it was um, I believe it was uh, the young uh, young Enterprise crew member, um, and he couldn't get the computer to do anything. So he finally said to her. You know, uh, I'm really trying to to be I want to be just like Captain Kirk one day, you know. Oh, and, yeah. And then and then she was like, oh, you want to be like Captain Kirk? Well, here, I'll help you. <laughs> so Yeah. And, th- and then then she was able to get into the computer. Yeah. Right. Most of the people were having problems with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that was good. That was creative. Um, so any other like uh, best and worst parts that you like in the story? Um, well, I mean, I think the best part was, you know, was the Romulan stuff on Romulus and on the ships, um, the, the characters, um, you know, worst part, I, probably the, the being in love with the computer, but I don't even want to say it was the worst part. Cause I don't think it was bad. I just, it was a little silly and kind of like, okay, it doesn't really fit in, but I wouldn't say it was bad. I, I thought the story overall was good. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really like there wasn't enough to to really make me you know not recommend the book or anything, but I yeah I do think the part about the computer that that it got so extreme it was pretty bad. But um, but as far as the the good parts of the book, you know like you said the like the Romulans, and I, I was thinking about how it it they made the Romulans. Um, similar to to the humans in some way because they had like the the older Romulans like the Praetor and the Romulan Tercelis and I kind of see a parallel with the older admirals uh just the way the the people that are older in the fleet kind of have have their own um thoughts about how to do things and even though they're not the ones that are right there in the action like Kirk they still have their have their own agendas and their own part of the story. And then you have the people that were in the action like Kirk and Stalin and the fact that they had to work together. I, I always liked that, that idea and the way they put things together that way. Yeah. I, I liked how they had uh, Stalin and Kirk working together and I liked how, um, you know, Stalin's centurion, who is a woman um, who, She's clearly in love with him, but he doesn't realize until she's dying that he also loves her. And there was nice scenes uh, in sick bay where McCoy is, you know, trying to save her, and you know he realizes that they love each other. and And I thought that was also very well done. Yeah, and and speaking of Starleia as well, did you you know that the part about Kirk when when Kirk said like. You know, when Spock said, like, there was a female centurion and Kirk said, um, is she attractive? And and something about that. But he was he was trying to 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 say, like, what her relationship probably is with the uh, with the commander. Like, oh, so, you know, Kirk, Kirk could tell that there was something going on between Starleia and Stalin. And, you know, he was right about that. But but did he really have to, like. <laughs> To, to know that, that that there was some type of romantic uh, interest there, just because she was an attractive woman and he was a man. Right. I 
yes, I thought the same thing too. I was like, oh, so because she's attractive, that means there must be, you know, something there. Yeah. There may not have been. They could have, you know, there could have been nothing between them or they could have been in love and she wasn't attractive. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mostly just because she, yeah, because she's a woman and and it's like, and Kirk, it took Kirk to know that because, but anyway, that's, you know, one thing that was thrown in. Um, And and there were um, like a few, a few little, discrepancies in the book the thing like having starfleet like when you're reading the book starfleet is spelled as two words but we know now that it's one word i mean just a a little thing like that and they had fuel residue which is an anachronism they kept saying fuel like that the you know that the romulans were running out of fuel sometimes they would say power but they use the word fuel a lot which i noticed and i it just kind of that was a little jarring for me every time I saw it in the book. Yeah, and, I, there was a whole big scene about it because they were cloaked for so long and, you know, apparently uses so much fuel to to remain cloaked for that period of time. And so they were, you know. Yeah, and I yeah. don't think, like, they've never really, they don't really use fuel that way in Star Trek. Right. And, and also they kept referring to solar hours. And I thought, like, Solar has to do with the sun, and usually it's when you're within a star system, and solar would be whatever, you know, whatever planet you're on, however long a solar day or solar hour is in that particular system. And and when these people were out in space away from a system and they would still talk about solar hours, I thought that was strange, too. Like like the author didn't quite know how how these things work. But, oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I didn't pick up on that. I think it's because when you read some of these novels, either, I mean, this was written in the eighties, but stuff, even stuff that's written more recently, that's trying to uh, capture the image, you know, capture the original series, you know, they use a lot of the technology that was on the show, which is, you know, outdated. So I, I've kind of like gotten used to, I mean, I've read Star Trek. I remember one that I read and it was kept talking about cassette tapes. Like oh, yes. Yeah, they do the that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I, on the show, they did have cassette tapes. So, you know. Yeah, or even if it said tapes. Yeah. And it's it's still something archaic to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they could have said that solar hour, they could have called it Earth solar hour just because Starfleet could have a standard for that. But they didn't. They just yeah. said solar hour. True. But I don't think any of that took it away. I, I, really, I really enjoyed this one and, and I definitely recommend it. Okay, any other final thoughts? Uh, no, just to sum it up, uh, great story, especially if you're interested in Romulan culture uh, with some great um, Romulan characters. Okay, and I really thought it was a good story, and I like how um, all the characters interacted. I, I do wish it, that there could have been more development of the main characters, but it was good with the characters that were there. There was good, there was good drama and action and even a little romance in it. So overall, yeah, good story. Well, sounds like we agree. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and join our Facebook group. Live long, and may the force be with you. Nanu, nanu.